I don't really know what triggered it, but I was just so sick of going into my closet and feeling like I had, you know, all these clothes and all these shoes and I just had nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. So one of the like most heartbreaking moments of becoming a minimalist was dropping off like 10 giant black garbage bags of clothes at the Goodwill. It really kind of changed me. This is episode six, Minimalist to the Max. Hi. Hey. Cheers. Cheers. What are you drinking today? Coffee fee. Coffee fee. And a little a little extra. I love when he writes coffee fee on the uh, shopping list. Coffee fee. So would you say that this setup is not minimalist it's not minimalist <laughs> at all it's overkill for what we're doing i don't think so you're you're just on a minimalist kick that's your problem it's not a kick it's, it's been, been going on for a it's been going on for a while like why what happened what got you into that this is this is coming from somebody who used to have I think we have a photo somewhere, and if we can find it, I don't know if we can or not. I have it. There's a photo of you cleaning out our closet, your side of the closet, mm-hmm. at our condo. Mm-hmm. And it looked like uh, an episode of Hoarders, and it looked like you it looked like you were going to die in your pile of shoes <laughs> and jeans. I had, at that point, mm-hmm. I had about 70 pair of jeans, not including <sighs> pants, just jeans. And I, it's hard to say how many pairs of shoes I had. I'm guessing about... Oh, it was hundreds. Yeah, hundred. Hundred pairs. Hundreds of pairs. No, I don't think hundreds of pairs, but I probably had about a hundred pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. And we lived in a small space. We had a good-sized closet, but everything was always very crammed in there. I had a lot of items that I had bought and never worn. Stevie was a baby when I was at the peak of, like, my shopping craze Mm -hmm. because I could push him in the stroller and go for a walk, and the mall was just right down the street. So it was, like, very easy to just go shopping for 20 minutes while he napped in the stroller. Like, I go to find a T-shirt, and I'm coming home with a good amount of stuff. It was all on sale, but I'm still coming home with a good amount of stuff. Once I sat down and kind of did the math, I was like, this seems extreme and... Like, not very productive or healthy. I don't remember... I don't really know what triggered it, but I was just so sick of going into my closet and feeling like I had, you know, all these clothes and all these shoes, and I just had nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. I just felt like, oh my gosh, I have nothing to wear. Like, none of this reflects who I am. Mm -hmm. So then it was shopping, shopping, shopping to find clothes that, you know, felt more like me. Or what I thought should be me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, something just kind of triggered. And I think I found um, Caroline's blog, the Unfancy blog, around that time. And she talked about a capsule wardrobe, which was not like her original idea, but she made it her own thing. And I was so fascinated by that that I was like, I think I'm going to try that. Like I'm going to really dig down and clean out my closet. Whatever doesn't fit goes. Whatever doesn't fit my lifestyle goes. And so, yeah, I really had to get honest with myself and be like, I can't shop and like 
keep the stuff that that I wish would work. It has to really be things that I'm actually going to wear and like go in my closet and be like, yes, this feels like me. I want to wear this. So it was a it was a process. And for a long time, I was like, I'm going to sell the clothes. So it'll be great. I'll make some money back. And the clothes just sat and sat and sat because, you know, with a newborn Mm -hmm. and a one year old and then a two year old, it was like I just had no time to list clothing. So one of the like most heartbreaking moments of becoming a minimalist was dropping off like 10 giant black garbage bags of clothes at the Goodwill. And it that, was it wasn't, like, they weren't my clothes and I felt yeah, sick to my stomach. Because it was just so much wasted money. So, you know, they were all perfectly good, but it was just like, I'm not going to wear these. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, that kind of started it. And that feeling, that like sick feeling that I had dropping all the clothes off and seeing all the wasted money and wasted textiles and uh, the whole thing about it was just so ugh, that yeah. it it really kind of changed me. And then, um, so I did a capsule wardrobe for a couple years. I even got to... What is that? What's a capsule? It's basically like minimizing your wardrobe each season. So like I would take 30 to 40 of my favorite items for spring and just wear those for three months. Mm -hmm. And then you'd switch out for summer, winter, fall and kind of go through the seasons like that. So you have like your core wardrobe that can take you through the whole year. You know, you'd switch out maybe pants and shorts and jackets for the different seasons. Um, But yeah, in general, you try to keep it to around 40 pieces or 30 pieces, whatever you feel comfortable with. But hers was like 37, I think. And I think I landed on like 42 was my number. Yeah, so I kept that up for a couple years and then... I think having that experience of like trying to learn my style and and really just kind of break my shopping addiction was quite a it was quite a process. But I feel good that I kind of did it on my own. Mm-hmm. And like I remember walking into Target and for the first six months that I was trying not to shop, um, I would have to really mentally say don't go to the clothes don't look at the clothes don't look at the clothes you're going to want to buy them don't look at the clothes and I would really have to like talk myself into not shopping for clothes and then after a while it just kind of became a habit that I didn't even really think about looking anymore but it took a long time of like really conscious effort (laughs) to not shop it's and it's so easy to get trapped in the in the cycle of what you're, what you're calling fast fashion or, but they, but that could apply to anything. Right. I mean, like everything is so easily available at our fingertips. Um, and I mean, this was a problem before Amazon was an issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> we talk about it a lot. Like Amazon is kind of a huge problem because it makes buying things so easy. Right. So easy. And so it, that, that almost makes people just buy things that they don't need because you're constantly bombarded by advertisements and good deals and stuff, and you're constantly buying stuff that you yeah, don't Yeah, you need. don't have to think about it. It's just there. And if it's a good deal, then it's like, well, I should get it now. Right. You know? Right. It's too easy. And, and that's a problem with fast fashion because you have, you know, stores like gap or old navy and h&m and stuff and Mm -hmm. everything is between five dollars and thirty dollars and you know 
so accessible. You can you can leave there for a hundred bucks and have a bag of clothes, like a whole new wardrobe. Well, and I think the the thing that honestly changed my views on because even while I was doing a capsule wardrobe, I was still shopping fast fashion. So I would like set myself a goal of like, okay, I'm gonna I can spend two hundred dollars this season to fill any wardrobe gaps, mm-hmm. and that stuff is what I would buy at Gap H and M Forever Twenty One because. I mean, it's more bang for your buck, to be honest. That's why. It's like good deals. I love getting good deals. I love sales. And all that stuff really like did it for me. That's mm-hmm. what my shopping addiction was about. If I could find a Marc Jacobs pair of heels for $100, they were coming home with me. That was mm-hmm. just, it was, even if I didn't need them or even know what they were or care about them, if there was a name brand that was on sale, it was mine. Mm-hmm. That's how my brain worked. And so even while I was doing a capsule wardrobe, I was still shopping fast fashion and I would find that the stuff I would buy was still very disposable. Mm -hmm. I would use it for a season and then I'm like, okay, I think I'm done with these and I would get rid of them. And so it kind of defeated the purpose of like really slowing down and finding items that would work for you over the long haul, investing in like good quality pieces. It was just still kind of... I was going through the motions of doing a capsule wardrobe by buying what was trendy in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then... But why do we do that? Getting rid of it. You know what? Honestly, to this day, I've been... I have not shopped fast fashion for, I think, three years, Mm -hmm. I want to say, since 2015. After I watched the True Cost documentary Mm -hmm. that I was out, I'm like, okay, I can do better. So 2015, I stopped shopping fast fashion and even now it's 2019 and like spring is here and i'm like i all of a sudden don't care about human rights i just want to go to like old navy and buy Mm -hmm. all the things for spring because they're really cute and really cheap and i just want a new wardrobe i want to look different i just turned 40 i want to like i just want to vamp it up you know and so i still struggle with those feelings of like being like inadequate or something because my clothes don't reflect who I am on one given day. Right. It's like, oh, this wardrobe. Right. It's a constant struggle for me. Right. Yeah, I don't understand. I know, because you're not into clothes. Paul buys the same t-shirt in like 20 different colors, and that's what he wears every single day, all year long. You're like Steve Jobs, except you wear different colors. much less poor. And not Steve Jobs. Much less poor? Much, much less poor. Much, much more poor than him. Yeah, <laughs> we're not less poor than Steve Jobs. Not many people are less poor than Steve Jobs. We are more poor than him. I'm, <laughs> I'm very poor in comparison to Steve Jobs. Also, oh, Steve Jobs, gosh, rest in peace. Oh, yeah. He's dead, so he's I heard not... he was a dick, so... Oh. I heard he's alive. Oh, did you? Yeah. From who? Nobody. <laughs> so, the, the real question is, then, how do... How do we get sucked into this vortex of buying so much useless shit? I mean, I feel like it's so easy. Like like you said, Amazon's so easy. Instagram makes it so easy. I see a cute outfit, I click up, and it's mine. Right. It's just so easy. Right. So I don't know I don't know why it's so hard, even though I know the like long-term effects of shopping fast fashion. And I have no desire to contribute to like the destruction of the earth because of fashion. And that, that's kind of, that's 
not to break your train of thought. No, it's that's kind of what of that documentary is hits on, right? Well, it talks a lot about unfair wages and treatment of garment workers mm-hmm. in third world third world countries. And also, yeah, basically like the destruction of the, the planet right. and how fashion contributes to it's like the second worst polluter next to oil. And almost. we have this mentality in America that's like, well, you know, it's okay. I'll I'll buy this stuff and then I'll donate it. Like it's gonna do good. Like I'll I'll do good for somebody. And the fact is they don't want our stuff. Well, because you think you're giving it to Goodwill, someone else is gonna buy it. But the truth is Goodwill and Salvation Army, whatever they don't sell, they ship off to another third world. Whatever country. they don't sell or don't want. Exactly. And they're very picky with yeah. with the few items that and they And so yeah, part of the documentary talks about the Haiti um basically garment workers that are all out of work because Americans have shipped all their crap over there. And there's literally American clothing like piled in the mm-hmm. streets. They will come by bundles. You know, you get like 50 pounds of clothes for pennies. Right. And they like they don't even need garment jobs anymore because they just are so overrun with our crap clothes. Right. So we this this like cycle of consumption and and disposal is harmful in so many ways mm-hmm. you know but yeah when you don't have to think about it on a daily basis like out of sight out of mind that shirt is cute and i want it on first, my body first world problems yeah basically that's how no, we think here right yeah 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 no it's like if it doesn't affect you every day it's kind of like hard to remember mm-hmm. that somebody's fingers were bleeding for your t-shirt right. for your you know, shitty old navy t-shirt yeah like it costs you five dollars so imagine how much the worker got paid who like sat there and made your shirt right and um yeah so i just yeah and even knowing that i still sometimes struggle with like not wanting to just like go and buy the things all the right. things right i'm going through it right now i look in my closet and i'm like I don't really want any of this. I want a new wardrobe. I want to do it over. But Well, you can't go wrong with jeans and a t-shirt. I guess you've got it all figured out then. Seems like it. I guess so. I mean, I still shop at Old Navy. I know. But I feel like... Well, I feel like there's other things you can do to stay mindful. So it's like, for instance, if you're going to shop at Old Navy, mm-hmm. buy things you're actually going to wear. Wear the shit out of them. Don't wash them too much. You know, there's like little baby steps you can take in terms of sustainability. Right. And helping the environment. Use them as rags afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It it is. Shred them and make pillows. Yes. (laughs) Mend things when they rip instead of just throwing it away. Mm -hmm. You know, like very little. There's little things you can do to just kind of be mindful. Right. It's like all the things that our parents would do. Mm. Especially my that my drove parents. me crazy. Right. Like when my parents would wash Ziploc bags mm-hmm. and use them again, I was like, "Oh my god, this is so annoying." I washed like Ziploc bags Ziploc today. Bags. <laughs> no actual Ziploc bags. I washed <laughs> Ziploc bags today. Yeah, on did. top of the uh, silicon, the reusable. We, we bought Ziploc reusable bags. Ziploc uh, silicon bags because I think we think they're better. So we bought them. Well, you can use them a lot, a lot. Right. We've used them a lot. This whole school year. But we're also wasting water. 
That's true. <laughs> and when you're in a drought, drought country. Well, and I think this is where the fine line comes between wanting to be a minimalist, mm-hmm. but still wanting to like not contribute to too much waste and wanting to live like in a more sustainable way is very difficult because minimalist Yana does not want those damn bags in the drawer. Right. But sustainable Yana is like, it would be a pity to throw them in the landfill. It is a no-win situation. So you just, it's like, just do the best you can. Yeah. It's really the bottom line. We just got to go back to the way things were like 50 years ago. Yeah, easy. <laughs> I mean, why not? For some reason, we've, we've developed this mentality in the way we package things, the way we pack our lunches. And maybe it's just because... I don't know. It's like when you get something from Amazon, right? It's like it ships in a big box and then within the box is a box. box. And then within that box is the actual packaging box and surrounding that is more plastic to keep that small box from shifting around the big box. It's it's not necessary. No, it's Or when you go to Best Buy and you buy a TV, it's like the TV, then then the styrofoam and then all the plastic wrap. Plastic wrap and the styrofoam bags that all the things are coming in and before, you know, even when we were babies and kids, mm-hmm. you'd go to the store and you'd buy a TV and you'd bu- just buy the TV. You'd walk out with a TV. You'd walk out with a TV, not the box, right. not the all the bullshit, you know. Yeah. And so like our waste in that respect, has grown exponentially, and sure. even in just the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, who the hell was shipping and purchasing things through mail order or online as in the quantities that we're doing now? I mean, we're oh, doing it all. like you push a button and you want more Tide. And then, like, even the same day the thing comes yeah. to the Or, like, I think about Poshmark, too. I'm buying clothes sef- secondhand and selling clothes secondhand. But then, yeah, you got to ship it. You're receiving stuff. And so a lot of times I was just throwing away the packaging that other things would come in. And now mm-hmm. I'm trying to hang on to it, which minimalist Yana does not like having packaging in her house. Right. But I'm trying to be more mindful of just throwing things away, like reuse it. It's, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a battle for me, for sure. It is. So, and one of these days, I'm not going to have a Poshmark corner in my dining room. That's okay. It's better than the non-Poshmark corner in this garage. (laughs) Oof. Yeah, I know. I do. And I do like, um, I do like the Poshmark, like simplicity of reselling the clothes. Right. So I always try to resell my clothes before I donate them because then... You make a little bit of money back, but it's more just like, okay, I know these aren't going to be shipped off to India or somewhere that does not need my stuff. Mm-hmm. It'll go to someone who wants it. Right. They're willing to pay money for right. it. And you and the person shopping gets a great discount. Right. So I like stuff like that. I like secondhand shopping too. And now on a sort of separate thing, mm-hmm. but like even China doesn't even want art like recycling anymore. Like Because we messed it up. Nobody understands recycling. Whose fault is that? No, it, it we don't we don't like Paul and I had to read a manual about what it was a thirty page manual on recycling our city manual and every time I need to put something in the recycling bin I'm like I don't remember if this one is like, acceptable right. or and, not and whether or not it's acceptable or not it's like even if it's slightly contaminated apparently that ruins the entire batch like the whole batch is done like I think your entire bin 
ends up so in like the if you put a pizza box in with your recycling it kind of screws the whole thing it. up you're out right so yeah so the recycling program as well intended as it is mm-hmm. is not a hundred percent guarantee that your stuff's getting reused right. and reduced and recycled if you will the best thing to do is just reuse i think so yeah i know we were talking about how i wish they sold more stuff in glass containers too mm-hmm It'd be nice to be able to reuse. I those. just threw away a glass container. The other day. Yeah, because it's like, what are we gonna do with this glass? You container? could put stuff in it. Like what? Rocks. Stevie has a glass rock collection. Right. I mean, I he has know. a rock collection in his glass container. Right. But yeah, it's. I mean, it doesn't matter what we put in it because whatever came to us that mm-hmm. we're moving into a glass container came in plastic, so we're exactly. throwing it away anyway. Right. So how do you how do you start it? If if you're somebody like myself who does not partake in minimalism, how do you move away from that mentality? Well, I don't I don't think there's one simple answer to it. I think you've already made steps because I just think about like when we were in our, you know, late 20s and starting a home and and kind of starting our family and decorating and just you know, like we would go to Target and come home with so much stuff mm-hmm. that we didn't need, whether it was pillows or blankets or sheets or decorative tables or what. It was just like anytime we went there, we spent a lot of money on things we didn't really need. It was just like spur of the moment um, impulse shopping mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, that's a good deal. That's cute. Let's get that. We need baskets. We need, you know, and now we don't really do that anymore. So I think. Part of it happens when you start cleaning out your shit Mm -hmm. and you're like, like we redid our garage this last year and having to empty out that garage and like really think about what do we want to put back in there. And again, seeing all the wasted money, Mm -hmm. wasted textiles, what's going in the garbage, what's getting donated. It kind of like punches you. Yes, It just does something to you, especially as you grow up. And you work hard for your money, and then you just see it being thrown away. Like, why are we doing that to ourselves? Mm-hmm. So I think I think already there, even though you don't consider yourself a minimalist, I have seen the change over the last 20 years from when we used to just mindlessly shop to now trying to be more conscious mm-hmm. as consumers mm-hmm. and not just buy stuff because it's on sale. Mm-hmm. You know, and like once in a while, yeah, we're going to do that. Like... I gave him a hard time the other day because he bought LED light strips. And I was like, what are those for? And he's like, LED anything. They're LED light strips. Well, I was like, okay. I, I but, thought they were bigger. <laughs> they it were said really it said one foot. And for some reason, I thought one foot. Why, this, why is that a foot? I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, oh. It's like as big as our child. <laughs> I thought it would light up this backdrop. Away. Oh, you're thinking of it for the podcast. I know. But you know what? And I think once in a while, those kind of things are going to happen. And, and I'm it's more than once in a while. But I know, but sure. I'm a sucker to the impulse buy too. I had my girlfriends, um, my other like blogger girlfriends that I love so much. They texted me the other day and said, hey, we're buying these shorts from this chick. You should get them too. So we can all have the same shorts in Portland. And they were totally joking but I still went. I got FOMO, oh, no. and I was like, "I want those shorts." They didn't too. buy them. We all bought them. <laughs> we 
we all bought them. Oh my! So, and I, I gave them a hard time, and I said, "Dude, you guys gave me so much FOMO. I just impulse shopped, which I haven't done in so long." But imagine if my guy friends were like, Paul. <laughs> We're all buying. We're all buying the same shorts. We're all buying these shorts. You have to get them. <laughs> and then we're like, and then, um... and then, and then you know what would happen? I'd go buy the shorts, and, and they'd be like, "You fucking loser! Why'd you buy those shorts? We were joking." <laughs> I know that's what would happen. We all bought the shorts, and then it was like we all are having like the same sandals and everything. Yeah. So it's like, so we're giving the other girl a hard time. Right. Like you got to get these sandals too now. So anyway, but yeah, I'm like, I preach a lot about minimalism and I feel good about it when I'm doing it right. But I have just as many hard days following through and like doing what I think is best as anybody. And so I don't think there's like one set answer of like, this is what you got to do to change your mindset. It's a very, very slow process. I mean, I've been thinking about this for years. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like cutting out fast food or it is right. Or mm-hmm. junk food or whatever it is, because it's so easily available. It's so, so good. It yeah. looks good. It tastes good. It's cheap, cheap, mm-hmm. cheap, cheap, cheap. Uh, it's super convenient. It's there. It's on every corner. You can get it when you need it. And, and you have to eat. I mean, you have to wear clothes, you right? You have to. And so you make these excuxes and you go, you eat that stuff because mm-hmm. it's, because of all those things. I guess the one one trick and idea is think about the things that your parents have and how much of that you really want. Yeah. Almost none of it. Almost none of it. Yeah. So it's like, I'm going to buy all this stuff. I'm probably, probably going to use it for a day, at most a week. And then I'm going to forget about it. And then it's going to pile up in either my public storage or my garage. Mm-hmm. Or sit on a shelf somewhere. And then I'm never going to look at it again. And my kids aren't going to want it. No one's going to give a shit about it. And then I'm going to die. And then it's going to go into a landfill. Exactly. So maybe I guess one thing that could apply to everyone, whether it's a closet or a garage or a shelf, a bookshelf, just like start somewhere, clean it out. You know, it's like that whole Marie Kondo thing. It's kind of like... Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. Just see what like... Does it spark joy? And I think the more you do that, the more you realize that it's just stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, even though, even how much I love fashion and clothing, I'm not that sentimental about it. Yeah. Uh, to a fault. To know. a fault. <laughs> but yeah, I can easily buy something one year that's like my favorite thing in the whole world. And the next year it does not bring me any sense of joy or excitement. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but it's true. And if I want to, you know, stay true to kind of a minimalist, sustainable value, then I will let that item leave my closet in a responsible way, doing the best I can. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So just start somewhere. You know, if there's a corner that's cluttered, start there. Yeah. And you'll get there. It's it's a Slow process. Up a but mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's worth it. I feel like... Life is just a little easier. With less stuff. With less stuff. Cheers. Cheers. Cool. Well, this was fun. Make sure you like, subscribe, and leave a comment. And tell your friends. And visit our website, spousalsupportshow.com or spousalsupportpodcast.com. I love you. Bye. I love you. Bye.